on the field, and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Foley. After sweeping a doubleheader on Monday to take a 2-0 series lead, the Brewers could not come up with a victory in the final two games. They lose tonight in 10 innings in Chicago to the Cubs. 4-3, 10 inning, the final score, and uh, they end up splitting the four-game series. Welcome in. It's Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Have you till 11.30. If you want to join us this evening, you can do so by calling or texting in to the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. The good, the Major League debut of Jason Alexander who was really good, goes seven innings, gives up three runs, two earned on seven hits, three strikeouts, three walks. He does not factor into the decision. Manager Craig Council doesn't trust young pitchers to go deep into games all that often. At least that had been his M.O. maybe previously. Maybe it's just because the pitching is so depleted right now that you needed every inning you could get. But Alexander was really good and really impressive, and it was fun to see him uh, go out there and do that. But the Brewers just could not do enough from an offensive standpoint, scoring just the three runs. And they're in the uh, 10th inning when they have the runner on at second to begin the inning. They're not able to push across a run, and the Cubs get the walk-off for sacrifice fly, and the Cubs get the win by a 4-3 score. Again, if you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk at text line 855-616-1620, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T. P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. A 4-3 loss for the Brewers tonight in Chicago to the Cubs in 10 innings. We'll still hear from uh, Craig Kishon. We'll hear from manager Craig Council. We'll go through the game with the highlights. A lot to get to. That's all coming up. It's Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Split the gap that's rolling all the way to the wall. Slowly gets to the Ivy. Peterson turns second base. He's headed for third. The relay won't be made because the throw from the outfield got away. It rolled softly all the way to the third baseman. Wisdom, and it's a leadoff triple for Jace Peterson. 4-3, the Brewers lose in Chicago in 10 innings, end up splitting the four-game series. Brewers' extra innings does continue here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. You want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk at text line 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Doug texting in says, this division is getting better by the day. Pirates are very competitive. Cubs getting better, and even the Reds are showing they can win consistently. Consistently Can't run through it like last year's. Injuries are catching up now. Get Renfro back in and Kane out. So, Doug, yeah, okay, sure, the division is getting better. Um, it's it's one of the worst divisions in baseball. None, none of these other teams are good. When When you call a team scrappy, like, it kind of sounds like a compliment, but it's really not. It's a team that can, if you're not taking them seriously, if you have an off day, if you let teams stick around, they're teams that can win, but it doesn't mean they're they're good teams. The Cubs are not a good team. The Pirates are not a good team. The Pirates are better than I thought they were going to be this year. 
they're kind of contending with the Cubs to see who the third place team is going to be in the division. Where going into the year, I thought the Pirates going to were going to be clearly the worst team in the division. So, so they're not the worst team in the division, but to say that it's a bad division, it's a bad division. Doesn't they're still Major League Baseball teams? They can still beat you. I'm not saying that you take anybody lightly. That's not what I'm saying. But you go compare uh, these teams against a lot of other teams, and no, I just the Pirates are bad, Cubs are bad, Reds are bad, but they're Major League Baseball teams, so they can still win games uh, for sure. Uh, Getting a ton, a ton of text messages and tweets. I'm not going to read them all because they're all saying the same thing. So if you sent some version of this text or tweet, I saw you. This counts as me reading it. Basically, and Doug alluded to it uh, when he said get Renfro back in and Lorenzo Kane out. There's also some talk about what Christian Yelich is doing. And look, Lorenzo Kane had a bad night, and he's having a bad season. He was 0 for 4 tonight with two strikeouts. I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> he's been he's been a really good brewer. He's been a really good brewer, and we see him in the outfield still make great plays. But the dude's hitting 179 with a 239 on base, and he has struck out 31 times and 123 at bats. That's not a huge strikeout rate, but it's too many strikeouts when you're hitting 179. Um, Right now they don't have much of a choice. I guess you could put like a Jace Peterson in the outfield and put Brasso at third, or you could probably even throw Brasso in the outfield if you really need to, or if you really, really needed to, I guess you could throw Keston Hira out there. Uh, but the team's going to be getting healthier. Hunter Renfro is going to be back soon. At some point, a decision's going to have to be made. Uh, at some point, there's too many guys who are contributing, and Lorenzo Kane is not. And it, it pains me to say that, but this is a job that he has that is very public, and we can we can all see what he is or what he is not doing. And what he is not doing is anything at the plate at the moment. You you hoped that that game against St. Louis where he went three for four might be the start of something. How many hits does he have since then? None. Zero. Zilch. So I still think the better path of action before just cutting him loose, because he still has value, especially because of what he does for you from a defensive standpoint. But you can't carry a defensive outfielder who hits 180. Uh, but can he can he hit better than that? Can he hit 230? Can he hit 240 this season? You're not asking for for that much. And is he willing to take a role where he's very much kind of a defensive replacement type outfielder? Uh, I, I've said this before. You find an injury, you, you give him a break for two weeks, you send him on a rehab assignment to AAA, and you start him every day at AAA for a week and a half, two weeks, or however long the rehab assignment can go, and see if maybe he finds something when he's not facing uh, Major League hitting every day and kind of stressing over that. That's my answer. That's my answer before just letting him go, but that might also be something that ends up happening at some point in time. Uh, let's grab, uh, I think speaking to this, let's grab Sparky, uh, who in uh, Madison wants to uh, speak with us. Hey, Sparky, you're on WTMJ. Okay, Matt. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. You just basically uh, talking about Kane. You answered all the questions or in regards to what I think too on that. You know, it's just too bad in baseball. You didn't have defense and offense like you do in football because he'd be your everyday center fielder defensively. But 
you know, it's, it's really too bad because he's a good man and he's done well, but he just seems like he's going downhill. So I don't know what the situation with him is going to be. But the other thing I wanted to touch base on is, uh, you know, how important defense is in baseball, pitching and defense and things of that nature. And, you know, Keston here now, he's starting to hit a little bit better than he had. I think he's up to 234, and he's got five home runs. And you know, he still strikes out a lot. He's still, I think he struck out three times tonight, I think. Uh, yep. And, you know, if I'm a pitcher, I want to have guys that can play defense consistently. And, you know, it's, uh, boy, you never know what you're going to get with him. And he really doesn't really have a position. He, he, he hasn't been able to play second base. And first base is kind of a, you know, a, a challenge at times, too. So uh, with the Brewers being a contending team, uh, that's a real important facet of the game is that defense. And I, I've always been a little hesitant when he starts in the field. I know that, uh, and I don't know if he'll ever get better. But the other one thing I wanted to touch base on was, you know, Andrew McCutcheon. Now, I know he had the COVID here a few weeks back, but, you know, his play is kind of going downhill, too, to a certain degree. And obviously he can't play in the outfield anymore, at least the at least left field. But, um, you know, I'm sure David Stearns is going to have to answer some questions between now and the end of July regarding these guys. So I don't know if I guess I, I don't know if I'm just talking in circles, but there's going to have to be some type of a change, some way, shape, or form to get this team to its next level. So I just wanted to touch base to you on that and see how you felt about that. Yes, Mark, I appreciate the call. So, you know, the designated hitter is a benefit when it comes to players like Andrew McCutcheon and Keston Hira because you're able to get them in the lineup without putting them in the field. And, and McCutcheon, when he's in the field, he's not embarrassing himself or anything. But at, where he's at right now probably spending some time as the DH makes uh, make, makes some sense. Uh, Keston here for sure. You're, you are spot on, Sparky. He does not have a defensive position. He's not a good defensive second baseman. He's not a good defensive first baseman. You're not going to put him on the left side of the infield. He would be a liability in the outfield. There's just there's no place to put him. So what he has to do is he has to hit so much that it makes up for any defensive deficiency he might have. And with all due respect to the much-improved hitting from Keston Hira right now, a two thirty-five average isn't enough to do that. Now he's got an eight twenty-one OPS. He's got five home runs. He's got 13 RBIs. On-base percentage is, uh, is at three fifty, slugging four seventy-one. So there's some good numbers on there. Don't get me wrong. But is, is that enough to cover up? what he sometimes, the, the mistakes that he'll make for you in the field, I don't know. So it does in many ways feel like this team is still like one one player who can play a whole bunch of different positions, who can have an impact bat uh, away. That was, during the offseason, I thought the fit for this team beyond any other fit that was available in free agency was Chris Bryant. I thought that was the guy he could have come in, played corner, infield, played corner outfield, brought a ton of flexibility, and brought a really nice bat with him as well. I thought that was kind of the good fit, and that didn't happen, and he got paid a whole lot of money by Colorado. So, uh, But that, it's that type of player that I feel like this roster could still use in terms of getting to the highest heights. We're talking about 
winning a World Series. This is a really good baseball team. This is one of the better teams in Major League Baseball, and their record is they are worth every bit of their record, but there's nothing wrong with saying, okay, where are those areas on the roster that can still get a little bit better? And I think the the areas that Sparky touched on absolutely are legitimate. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet in as well, at Matt Pauley on air. Craig Sean from Valley Sports, Wisconsin, will join us coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. There goes the runner. The pitch is a swing and a miss for strike three. The throw to third is in time. Oh, Omar Narvaez and Jason Alexander with a strike him out. And they'll throw him out double play to end the bottom of the sixth. Yeah, how about that? Jason Alexander, a guy that uh, I'm pretty sure most Brewers fans had never heard of. What, 30 hours ago he comes out, makes his uh, Major League debut, seven innings, three runs on seven hits, uh, was really, really good. And it should be noted, you know, we see guys like this coming up through the Brewers system and then they finally get their opportunities in the big leagues. This guy didn't come up through the Brewers system. This is his first year in the Brewers organization. He debuted in the Angels system back in 2017, got to the Miami system in 2021 where he uh, bounced around, and now he's with the Brewers for the the first time and uh, pitched to a 2.64 ERA in Nashville at AAA and then does this tonight. Let's bring on uh, Craig Kishon from Valley Sports Wisconsin. And you, you, On nights like this, you hope that uh, a starting pitcher can just kind of give you five and keep you in the game. And my goodness, Alexander did a whole lot more than that tonight. Yeah, he really did. I mean, it was it was something to watch because that first inning looked like uh, the latter part of your example. I mean, you just don't know what you're going to get out of these guys. And, um, you know, he held his composure. Maybe maybe that's because he's 29 years old and he's been through a few things in his day, and, and yet he's still around and, and wants to be a major league pitcher, and he got his chance. So he made the most of it. I mean, he overcame a walk to start things out. He overcame an error by uh, that scored a run, um, you know, another walk and a base hit, and he ends up giving up uh, a couple of runs in that first inning. But uh, we were talking about this on the TV side, and, and Craig Council brought it up too. That double play in the first inning, Matt, was, and, and maybe you've mentioned it too already on this show, was was all influential point for a guy that just he just needed it in that first inning so you get through now everything's much cleaner and you're like hey yeah i can walk guys i can give up base hits there are errors in the big leagues but there's also double plays to help me out and and after that he he really kind of simply cruised and you got to give him a lot of credit um you know the sinker the 14 ground ball outs yeah. seven strong innings uh man it was something to watch I thought it was interesting. He didn't have a strikeout the first two times. Then Craig Council, who generally has a pretty short leash when it comes to young pitchers who you know don't have that track record, he rarely lets them face that third time through the order. He lets Alexander face that third time through the order, and he starts striking guys out at that point. It was it was it was interesting. Yeah, his first strikeout was. Uh... Uh, one out in the fifth, so it was it turned out to be the second out of that inning, and then he got a couple of more after that. Uh, you, you're right, but you know what? I, I think as this uh, as this road trip is uh, is worn on, and 
that along the way you also lost uh, Brandon Woodruff. So I think they're, you know, and then you didn't have Josh Hader for those three games in San Diego. A lot of stuff all of a sudden happened to this club, and they had to find a way to pull it together. And sometimes when you hold things together, you can't do it exactly like you do when you're fully healthy. And I and I think in, in this particular case, um, he's he's got a guy, he's like, you know, he's done this in the minors. You know, he pitches deep into games. He can go. Game is close. We're monitoring stuff. It looks fine. He needs to stay in for us. We need this guy right now, and I want to see what he's got. And, and you know, Alexander came through for this team. Um, it, uh, it's, a, it's a really good storyline. And, and you know what I'm happiest about? Despite them not winning the game, this storyline is going to continue uh, for a start at home in front of the Brewer home fans at some point here uh, coming up in the next week. A lot of fans are pretty frustrated with the way the 10th inning goes down and talking about the Brewers' fundamentals. It's, um, it, I guess it looks kind of bad when, when the Cubs are able to move the runner over. There is, there is no greater home field advantage in baseball, though, than during extra innings where the home team gets to know whether or not they have to play for one run or multiple runs, where when you're batting in the top of the inning, you almost have to play for multiple runs, uh, but the Brewers don't get that run home. Obviously, Jace Peterson uh, getting tagged out at home. It just it did not work out well in the top of the 10th. No, and it's you know that philosophy you bring up is is the correct one, um, and and it's a good point. It probably isn't brought up uh, enough, Matt, considering how extra innings are now with the ghost runner at second base. Um, it, but it, it it I understand totally understand the frustration. It's, it's frustrating for us sometimes to watch and see. Um, you know, circumstances. I, I'm thinking to myself, Lorenzo Cain, who we all know is in this uh, horrific offensive slump, and it's been going on for a while now, um, is 0 for 3 going into that at bat to open up uh, the 10th inning. And, and you're thinking, you know, may, maybe a bunt, a sacrifice, something to move this guy over to third with the top of the order coming up uh, is the right thing to do, and, and he ends up striking out. So, um, you know, you, you can't pinpoint everything and, and say it's going to work or it's not going to work. Um, but, but I get the frustration on, on the Brewers fans. And this team offensively is incredibly challenged at this point um, because of health concerns and whatever else is going on with slumps with some of their veteran guys here right now. And, and they got to figure out a way uh, to turn this around, you know, at home when they get, when they get uh, in there Thursday night. We can't sugarcoat this on Lorenzo Cain. They're going to have a decision to make at some point, and I'm not saying the decision is to move on from him, but if, as I say all the time, find an injury and get him on a rehab stint and see if maybe facing AAA pitching for a week might, uh, uh, might, might get him going. But 179 hitter, he had that three-hit game a few days ago. He doesn't have a single base hit since then. Uh, when you get Hunter Renfro back with the emergence of, uh, of Tyrone Taylor, like it's just at some point push comes to shove and, and a decision has to be made. Yeah, and you know they're they're doing this too with Yelich in in maybe an equally bad slump. You know since uh, he hit for that cycle, and that was what second week of May, ten eleven days into May. I can't exactly remember, but it was a long time ago. And and so there, you know, you got two guys in there that are scuffling as bad as they are right now. It, it's hard to it's hard to keep both of them 
in there every single day. That that Renfro injury could not have been more poorly timed. And it's not to point yeah. fingers at him. Don't get me wrong, but I mean it's it's been it's kind of killed this team a little bit because Tyrone Taylor um, is not playing over his head right now. He's he's playing, I think, kind of where he should be offensively. Um, so you've got that going for you, but he needs help out there. I mean, he's the only one producing anything out of this this high powered. Uh, outfield right now it's just now working out yeah and he goes over five tonight i mean there's it's not a coincidence that you don't yeah, get anything exactly. from taylor tonight what's wrong with yeah, him yeah. huh <laughs> <laughs> all right craig uh, good stuff as always we'll uh we'll see you here during the homestand okay thanks matt there's craig kashan from uh bally sports wisconsin we'll take a break for the news that begins in two minutes we're back after that we'll still hear from manager craig council and go back through the game with the highlights it's all coming up here on wtmj it's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. 2-1 pitch, swing and a smash into the gap in right center field. That ball's going to land and split the gap. It's rolling all the way to the wall, slowly gets to the Ivy. Peterson turns second base. He's headed for third. The relay won't be made because the throw from the outfield got away. It rolled softly all the way to the third baseman, Wisdom, and it's a leadoff triple for Jace Peterson. 4-3, the Brewers fall in Chicago. Ten-inning game. A walk-off sacrifice fly is the difference, and they end up splitting the four-game series. Brewers' extra innings does continue here on WTMJ. Want to join us? You can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk at text line 855-616-1620, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauly on air. Again, uh, the, the loss does not overshadow the spectacular performance from starting pitcher Jason Alexander making his major league debut. An older rookie, a guy who had bounced around the minor leagues for a number of years, uh, has never been a prospect throughout his uh, minor league career, but has just kind of grinded through. And when when the call comes, he was ready to answer, and he did in a big way. Seven innings, three runs, two earned on seven hits, three strikeouts, three walks. So he walks out of his major league debut with seven innings pitched and a 2.57 ERA. That's not bad. That is not bad at all. Mike in Colorado texting in says, Matt, the Brewers waste a decent major league debut by Alexander. I would say better than decent, Mike, but that's my uh, my add-on. Despite being 3-0 and on challenges and some good plays on defense, but there were mistakes and outs on the base paths, I'm beginning to think these Brewers are not proficient at executing fundamental aspects of baseball when they need it. Even the Cubs were able to execute and advance the runner at second with little trouble, but not the Brewers. Then again, maybe it was just a bad game since it was their 11th consecutive game in 10 days away from home. Yeah, Mike, so a couple things there. First off, and I touched on this with Craig, but I think it's a really important thing to think about. When, when you are the road team in extra innings, you do not come up to the plate with the idea that you just want to move that runner from second to third so that they can score on a sacrifice fly or an RBI ground out. You are not playing for one run in that situation. As the road team, you have to play for multiple runs in that situation. And that's where there is, you know, we talk about home field advantage. There is no, I don't know if there is a greater advantage home versus road in sports, all of sports. If you if you can think of a better one, text me, 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk text line. I don't know if there is a greater home field advantage 
in any sport of being able to have this runner on at second where the home team always knows how many runs they need to score. If all they need to do is get that runner over to third and, and then score them, or if they need to play for multiple runs, where the road team always has to play for multiple runs. They just have to because there's a good chance that the home team will be able to score at least one run. It is, it is an incredible advantage that home teams have in extra inning games in baseball. I also do think, Mike, the point you make, look, they're tired. This is a long trip. This is a lot of games, a uh, three-city trip, their second three-city trip uh, in the last, like, three weeks. They're going on another one in a week. Uh, this, this group needs to sleep in their own bed. But even that, I mean, they're going to come home, and then they're going to be back on another trip. This is, this like, the four-week, five-week period of the season, this is rough. This is rough. It's, it's hard to go on these three-city trips, and um, that's what they're doing right now, and uh, that certainly is part of, uh, I think, maybe the level of play that we've seen at some times, especially in these last two games. Brewers end up losing to the Cubs in 10 innings by a 4-3 score. We'll get the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. 2-1 pitch, swing and a smash into the gap in right center field. That ball's going to land and split the gap. It's rolling all the way to the wall, slowly gets to the Ivy. Peterson turns second base. He's headed for third. The relay won't be made because the throw from the outfield got away. It rolled softly all the way to the third baseman, Wisdom, and it's a leadoff triple for Jace Peterson. 4-3, the Brewers fall in Chicago. 10-inning game. A walk-off sacrifice fly is the difference, and they end up splitting the four-game series. Brewers Extra Innings does continue here on WTMJ. Want to join us? You can do so by calling or texting the Yankee Mortgage Talk at text line 855-616-1620, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Again, uh, the, the loss does not overshadow the spectacular performance from starting pitcher Jason Alexander making his major league debut. An older rookie, a guy who had bounced around the minor leagues for a number of years, uh, has never been a prospect throughout his uh, minor league career, but has just kind of grinded through. And when when the call comes, he was ready to answer, and he did in a big way. Seven innings, three runs, two earned on seven hits, three strikeouts, three walks. So he walks out of his major league debut with seven innings pitched and a 2.57 ERA. That's not bad. That is not bad at all. Mike in Colorado texting in says, Matt, the Brewers waste a decent major league debut by Alexander. I would say better than decent, Mike, but that's my uh, my add-on. Despite being 3-0 and on challenges and some good plays on defense, but there were mistakes and outs on the base paths, I'm beginning to think these Brewers are not proficient at executing fundamental aspects of baseball when they need it. Even the Cubs were able to execute and advance the runner at second with little trouble, but not the Brewers. Then again, maybe it was just a bad game since it was their 11th consecutive game in 10 days away from home. Yeah, Mike, so a couple things there. First off, and I touched on this with Craig, but I think it's a really important thing to think about. When, when you are the road team in extra innings, you do not come up to the plate with the idea 
that you just want to move that runner from second to third so that they can score on a sacrifice fly or an RBI ground out. You are not playing for one run in that situation. As the road team, you have to play for multiple runs in that situation. And that's where there is, you know, we talk about home field advantage. There is no, I don't know if there is a greater advantage home versus road in sports, all of sports. If you if you can think of a better one, text me, 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line. I don't know if there is a greater home field advantage in any sport of being able to have this runner on its second where the home team always knows how many runs they need to score. If all they need to do is get that runner over to third and, and then score them, or if they need to play for multiple runs, where the road team always has to play for multiple runs. They just have to because there's a good chance that the home team will be able to score at least one run. It is, it is an incredible advantage that home teams have in extra inning games in baseball. I also do think, Mike, the point you make, look, they're tired. This is a long trip. This is a lot of games, a uh, three-city trip, their second three-city trip uh, in the last, like, three weeks. They're going on another one in a week. Uh, this this group needs to sleep in their own bed. But even that, I mean, they're going to come home, and then they're going to be back on another trip. This is, this like, the four-week, five-week period of the season, this is rough. This is rough. It's it's hard to go on these three-city trips, and um, that's what they're doing right now, and uh, that certainly is part of, uh, I think, maybe the level of play that we've seen at some times, especially in these last two games. Brewers end up losing to the Cubs in 10 innings by a 4-3 score. We'll get the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. A 10-inning 4-3 loss for the Brewers to the Cubs. The two teams split the four-game series. Pitching matchup tonight, Jason Alexander making his Major League debut while the Cubs have Kyle Hendricks on the mound. And things did not go especially well for Alexander in his first inning of work. He issues a walk to Christopher Morrell in the first at-bat of his uh, Major League career pitching-wise. Then Wilson Contreras gets a base hit. That puts runners on at first and second. And then Christopher Morrell looks to uh, take third, and the Brewers make a mistake. Oh, one pitch. There goes the runners. Narvaez throw to third is going to go into left field. Morrell pops up. He's headed for home. Contreras on his way to third. Cubs lead it one nothing. Yeah, things not going great. Then Ian Happ walks, and it just doesn't feel like this is going to be a long uh, outing for Alexander in his Major League debut. However, his next pitch that we play for you, you could make make the argument this might be the biggest play of the game in terms of Alexander's day uh, as he faces off against Patrick Wisdom. The pitch. Chopper back up the middle. Wong field steps on the bag at second. Flips to first, dug out by Telez. It is a double play. Contreras will score from third. It's two to nothing Cubs. But two big outs for Jason Alexander there. Yeah, you definitely trade out the, the run for the two outs, and that seemed to normalize things. And Alexander really locked in after that. Gets Alfonso Rivas to ground out. It's a two nothing game as we head to the second. Eventually get to the third, and the Brewers get on the board. The inning gets started with Jace Peterson. 
2-1 pitch. Swing and a smash into the gap in right center field. That ball's going to land and split the gap. It's rolling all the way to the wall. Slowly gets to the Ivy. Peterson turns second base. He's headed for third. The relay won't be made because the throw from the outfield got away. It rolled softly all the way to the third baseman, Wisdom, and it's a leadoff triple for Jace Peterson. After a Lorenzo Kane ground out that does not score Peterson, Colton Wong does this. Overshift is on, and the pitch is lined in the left field cleanly for a base hit. Trotting in from third is Peterson, and it's a 2-1 to game. Brewers would tie the game up in the fourth inning with two outs. It's Keston here at the plate. Looking for a 1-2-3 inning here is Hendricks. The windup in the 0-2 pitch. Swinging a smash into left center field by Hira. He's got that one down. Hops once, twice, three times and goes to the Ivy. Over to get it is Morrell. That time in left center field. Picks it up and throws it in. And Hira rolls into second base. He's got himself a two-out double. This team had a ton of two-out hits all road trip long. They would get another one courtesy of Omar Nervias. Close one again tonight, 3-1, line drive, left field, falling fast and in in front of half base hit. Here is coming around third, half rifles it to the plate. It's cut off by the catcher, Contreras, who throws to second. And he gets Narvaez out there, but the run scores, and we are tied. It's 2-2 the score. The Brewers would take the lead in the fifth inning. Mike Brasso leads the inning off with a base hit. The next hitter is Jace Peterson. 1-1, high drive, deep left center field. Morrell racing back onto the warning track, and it is off the top of the ivy. Rosso had to hold up. He stumbles around second. Now he's around third. Here's the throw, and he's going to be out of the play. But not so fast the Brewers challenge the call. After review, the call is overturned. The runner is safe. It turns into a Jace Peterson RBI double, and the Brewers take a 3-2 lead, but the Cubs would answer that run in the bottom of the fifth inning. Alexander still pitching for the Brewers. Jason Hayward gets a base hit, moves to second on a ground out, and then with two outs, it's Wilson Contreras. And the 0-1 pitch to Contreras. Ground ball just past the outreach glove of Telez and in right field. Hayward around third. Here's the throw to the plate. It is airmailed all the way back to the screen. And so around second and headed for third is Contreras. The throw there is in time to get Contreras. Ties the game up 3-3. We head to the sixth inning. Former Brewer Daniel Norris puts up a zero for the Cubs. And then in the bottom of the sixth inning, Alexander still pitching. Gives up a leadoff double to Ian Happ. And then a ground out to uh, Patrick Wisdom. It brings up Frank Schwindel. There goes the runner. The pitch is a swing and a miss for strike three. The throw to third is in time. Oh, Omar Narvaez and Jason Alexander with a strike him out and then a throw him out double play to end the bottom of the sixth. Still 3-3. Michael Rucker throws up a zero in the top of the seventh, bottom of the seventh. The final inning for Alexander gives up a couple hits, nothing more. Seven strong innings for Alexander. It remains 3-3 as we go to the eighth inning, and the two teams just exchange scoreless innings for the Brewers. Miguel Sanchez pitches the eighth, Devin Williams pitches the ninth, and we head to the tenth inning. Mark Leiter Jr., the new pitcher, into the game for the Cubs. Jace Peterson starts at second base to begin things in the top of the tenth. Lorenzo Kane strikes out swinging, but a wild pitch moves uh, Jace Peterson to third for Colton Wong. 
2-1. Swinging a ground ball into the infield shift. Fielded there by the shortstop corner. Throws to the plate and out is Jace Peterson at home. Ground ball right into that shift. They were playing in, and that's what the doctor ordered for the Cubs. Yeah, that hurt. Tyrone Taylor flies out. Brewers don't score in their half of the 10th. Bottom of the 10th, new pitcher Hobie Milner. Jason Hayward starting at second for the Cubs. Nick Madrigal ground out the moves. Hayward to third, and then Christopher Morell at the plate. Milner's 1-2 pitch. Swung on and hit high in the air into left field. It is medium depth. Yelich goes back into his left and makes the catch. Christian's going to throw it to the plate, but Hayward's too fast. He'll come on in and slide safely before the throw arrives. And the Cubs have split the series. They'll walk it off in the bottom of the 10th. 4-3, the final score with the win. The Cubs go to 21-29. and The Brewers drop to 32-20. and Winning totals for Chicago. Four runs, seven hits, no errors. They leave five. For the Brewers, three runs, eight hits, one error. They leave six. Winning pitcher is lighter. He's 1-1. One one. Hobie Milner, the loss. He drops to 2-1. and one. No home runs hit in the game as the wind was uh, blowing in compared to what it was like yesterday. The game taking three hours and three minutes played in front of a crowd of 33,398 folks. Brewers lose 4-3. They finally come back home. We'll preview this upcoming series against the Padres. We'll do that next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Starting to wrap things up here on a Wednesday night. Brewers back home tomorrow night to open up a four-game series against the Padres at American Family Field around the NL Central. The Padres, they played in St. Louis earlier this afternoon. They end up getting swept by the Cardinals. They lose today 5-2. So the Padres beat the Brewers to Milwaukee. You would assume that they are already here. But uh, Cardinals over the Padres by a 5-2 score. Dakota Hudson for St. Louis, seven strong innings, one run on four hits. Three strikeouts, one walk. Nolan Arenado hitting a home run, his 10th of the year. How about the Pirates uh, sweeping the Dodgers? Uh, and, and they've won two series against the Dodgers in the last month or so. They win tonight by an 8-4 score for whatever reason. The Pirates have the Dodgers number. Jose Quintana goes four and a third, two runs on seven hits. He does not factor into the decision. But that was a great series for the Pirates. And the Reds lose to the Red Sox by a 7-1 score. The uh, standings right now in the NL Central, the Brewers lead over the Cardinals down to two games. Pirates are in third place, eight and a half games back. Around the Brewers' minor league system, low A Carolina loses at Lynchburg 5-3. High A Wisconsin gets shut out at home by Peoria 6-0. Double A Biloxi loses at Pensacola 3-2. And Nashville loses big at Durham 17-4. So every team in the Brewers' system, from the big league team to the low A team, they all come up short this evening. Not a great day for the organization from a win-loss perspective. But the Brewers are finally back home after a 3 City trip, and they are back at home uh, Thursday night to open up a four-game set against the Padres. Adrian Hauser will start for the Brewers. The righties 3-5 and five with a 3.69 ERA. Left-hander Sean Manaya will go for the Padres. 2-3, and three, a 4.02 ERA. First pitch at 6.40, pregame coverage at 6.05, and I hope you join uh, me immediately following the game tomorrow night for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings right here on WTMJ.